Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hey, Better Together with Maria Menounos fans. It's not Maria Menounos, it's Mr. Maria Menounos. (laughs) Greetings, people. So excited to be here with you today. Today's going to be a real fun one and enlightening, but also fun. This is something that just makes me smile every time I just hear her voice or see I'm her face. so excited. Oh. Jay Ray, clairvoyant to the stars. Um, here's one of her great quotes. Make conscious choices every single day of what you want to be doing versus, this is a big one for people who listen to this show, versus what other people want you to do, mm-hmm. right? Jay Ray is an intuitive healer who's worked with some of the most influential figures in show business, including none other, other than Jennifer Lopez. Her clients love her tough-talking, no-nonsense approach, which usually starts with three simple questions. Where are you going? What are you doing? And how are you going to get there? Uh, she's here to help us discover and tap into our true power. We've had her on the show before because she is a very dear friend, and I think someone's going to even become closer with us as the years go on. The Heel Squad and Better Together are so excited to welcome back our friend, Jay Ray. Hello, my peeps. How are you, my loves? Uh, yeah, we're okay. You know, we're dealing with, with the yes, loss. And, you know, you and, and I, I were, sorry about that. We, you were talking off air about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think it's important for a lot of people to hear about, you know, when our loved ones pass on and how yes. we, we mourn for them and for ourselves. But you, you had a, a very nice uh, take on it. Well, number one, when you are in limbo state, when you are dying, and that's what you are, you're dying in, it's a process. It's not something that, you know, when you're in the process of dying, like Maria's mom was, God bless her, it was very painful to be in limbo, to be in that state of knowing that you had to stay here for the ones you love, but then also the ones that you love, you're missing as well, and they're missing you. And it's this, it's this energy, this pull that starts to happen where the blissfulness of escaping this physical body and going home is probably a feeling that anybody, anybody who's been in an afterlife type situation or has been in a um, near to death experience or that can understand that gravitational pull, that feeling of almost excitedness of almost going home. You know, that feeling of going home mm -hmm. and, or, or if you ever, have you ever been truly homesick mm -hmm. where you know that something you're missing something and something is missing you, but you genuinely have to stay where you are because you've been contractually set there. That's what this life really is. It's a contract that we have made to be here, to experience the experiences that we have to experience, the people, the situations, whatever they may be. But there is a home that once we leave this physical earth and we leave this physical body, we go back to. And it's a state of bliss, happiness. There's no, there's no pain. There's no hurt. There's no, there's, there's no sense of, of negativity. There's nothing. It's just a state of blissfulness. Think about the most blissful moment in your life. They say the way to the way to compare it is falling in love. You know that blissfulness of falling in love, where everything, the birds are singing, mm. life is good, the sun is shining, nothing can touch your emotions, nothing can touch your feelings, nothing can touch that feeling of happiness and blissfulness. Well, that's the same part of transitioning, going from this life to the next life. Wow. It's the same process of what falling in love feels like. Yeah serotonin levels go that's why people wake up right before they're about to pass because they're at the highest peak of their serotonins of happiness and blissfulness and they're able to say goodbye because they're going home you know it's funny you say that because the doctors will tell you that and the caretakers will say listen they they may come back like right, right. before you know they don't say why you're saying but it's interesting mm -hmm. that scientifically i know it happened with my dad and yeah you see that you, you know with Lisa, i could see it in her eyes her eyes opened you know, she yeah. didn't say anything, but I, yeah, wow. That yeah, makes because a lot the serotonin levels reach to that pinnacle because the happiness that you feel, that excitement, that adrenaline comes up through because you have to now release yourself from the physical body. So that, that rush comes up in and then it's all of a sudden, whoosh, you're out. And you're gone. And the physical body's left, but the soul is eternal. So now it goes back home. And it goes back into, people call it a pod. People say God. People say all oh, so many different things. I just like to say it's where you've derived from. It's where your soul family came from. It's where you, your soul came from, your spirit, your essence, which really is eternal. The, the, Remember, we're living a thousand different lifetimes within one life. This is not the only life you're living right now, Kevin, whether you know it or not. Yeah, what do you mean by that? So, so the soul is expansive, okay? So it's called linear lives. And it's about how, because our soul is physically here, then this is our conscious state of mind. We're conscious of this life right now. But- there was an old life you once lived in 1775 or 645 AD, yeah. AD or, or you're in the future in, in 2082, you know, and, and you're living this, your soul 
is inhabiting all of these physical beings, all these physical bodies and all these different lifetimes and all these different time, you know, linear times at the very same time. So it's like you starring in a movie, just think about you on a screen and you're starring in every movie and every movie is a different time period in every movie, right? Just think about this. You're the star in every movie and the different time periods of every movie. And they're all playing at, the, at, at different times, but they're all playing, they're all happening. You're experiencing all of them. And what happens to a lot of people is deja vu. You know that deja vu moment? Yes, yes. Like, oh my God, I've been here before. I experienced this before. Oh my God, I, I could swear I heard that voice before. I could swear I heard that name before. Yeah. Oh my God, I know this room. I recognize that house because that's from another life. It's a linear life. And that, that very moment, the two lives are interjecting. They're almost transposing over themselves. So that split second, for that split second, you're in both places at once. Wow. So, so when let's say you go into a house and or you, anything, you go into a mall and you say, "Wait, I've been here before." Is it the 1980s? Is there another? You could be. Is it the 1940-something version of yourself that was there before? I, you know, or no, or or do you no. live the same life over and over? I don't think you. I don't think you loop the same life. I don't okay. think life is Groundhog's Day. I think that you have to come into different lifetimes to experience different experiences. But there's something else I'm going to say to you. It's going to blow your mind a little bit. Your essence of who you are right now, your soul, your spirit, because consciousness is expansive. It's not just in one space. Think about silly putty and pulling it across, right? And then you put it over something and you can translucently see what's behind it. That's your soul. So at that very moment, you could be living the essence of a life someplace else mm. in another time period that maybe hasn't truly ended yet. But yet you're now in this life having to experience the experiences you need here. I know it's very confusing, but but that's called but that's called linear lives. And so that's, that's one of the things I practice in spirituality 101. When I have my classes, I teach people about about linear lives. So, so, and Kelsey, you understand the deja vu thing? Because I'm still not clear on... I'm, like, almost there. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. So Okay. What, give me the, because what, I what agree you, with you. I know when I have a deja vu, I'm like, this, this is... This isn't just I know a I've thing. never been here before. Yes. Mm. I know in my my now life, I've never seen this before. I've never been here before. I've never been to the state. I've never been to the street. I've never rode in this car. I know I've never experienced this person. 
But yet I can tell you where to make a turn. I can tell you where it's located. I can tell you where the house is sitting. I can tell you if I go up the stairs, I can make a left opposed to right. I know exactly where the bathroom is. How do I know this? Yeah, how? Right. Yeah. Because somewhere in your in your trajectory of your soul, your spirit has lived there before or has experienced something there before. Okay. Mm. And it just knows. And that's clear cognizance, by the way. It just knows. So that's why when people I say when it ain't over till it's over, it really isn't. Even when you're when you're dead, it's not over. Wow. You're still living someplace else. Your your soul is still moving. It's still doing what it needs to do. Right. It just is. It's never a, a place. It's never really parked anywhere. You know what's interesting too, Jerry? The more religions I study, yes, they all have. They all say it differently, but they all kind of say the same thing, which I find fascinating. Well, that's an omnist. You know, I think every religion serves its purpose here. You know, but religion, remember, is what religion is and what is religion. It's based on rules, based on someone's right. understanding of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. That's somebody's perception. And they want you to believe their perception is the only perception you should know right. and you should follow. Right. Being spiritually advanced or being being someone who's spiritual is the fact that everything makes sense and everything has value and nobody should condemn nor deny someone's idea of how they should love or how they should be loved right. in what way and what capacity nobody nobody that's what spirituality really is it doesn't confine you in the way that religion does mm. but that religion is also very good for people that don't know how to keep themselves in check and needs rules right Right? Yeah. I am a disruptor and I'm a rule breaker. It wouldn't make sense for me to be considered to practice Catholicism. Right? It doesn't make sense. I knew she was a Catholic. Right? I just am. That's what I am. So therefore, yeah. my priests and my nuns didn't know what to do with me. It made sense. Religion wasn't for me. But I understand the confounds and the understanding of religion and why religion is created. Did you ever have nuns or priests feel your power? And kind of yes, know it was more than you just yes. being a smart ass, but like, whoa, wait, this is heavy. Oh, no, they definitely knew there's something here. She definitely knows. She definitely hears. She wow. definitely sees. There's no doubt. And I had one priest that was the, was the nicest, Father Suarez. And I will never forget, he said, don't ever deny what God has given you. Oh. What God has given me, what God has given you is the same exact thing, except I wear, I stand on a pulpit and I wear this. You may not stand on a pulpit, but you wear you wear love. You do it from love. You could see it. Yeah. And and that's like I said, that's why with, with when people go to psychics or they go to people and they're like, please don't tell me anything bad. Number one, I would never tell you anything bad because it's not my place to. That's number one. I'm not here to teach you a lesson. I'm not here to do that. I'm not I'm not God. But if you come to me and you say, Jay, I'm experiencing this pattern in my life and I'm experiencing this deep hurt pain and I'm and I have a mother who passed and I have a father who passed and I just need to understand the process. I'm your girl. Yeah. I'm your girl. But I'm not here to scare anyone. I'm not here. I don't believe. I only believe that the devil exists where you allow him to exist. Negativity can only exist where you allow him to exist. If you know where you are in life and you are good with who you are and you know that everything you've done and you've done out of love, then you shouldn't fear anything. Shouldn't fear it. Um, because you know you've done anything out of love. So therefore love it wins all. So Jerry, I'm gonna get really woo woo with you, but uh, here. But uh do you believe that there can be entities that can come inside of our bodies? Yes, and I do. When and you I've see people it. right, I've I have two and it was Yes. 
it, it led to addiction and depression and just darkness and and you down. And I can see it now. People, I was told from a psychic friend right. who was like, you know, the angels wanted you to go through this so you can now. You're someone who loves to help other people, but you never had the ability to see be, beyond what. Oh, hey, get a job, <laughs> work harder, uh, exercise. No, no, no. You that there's more going on inside and you lower even the vibration Kevin. yeah yeah the lower your vibration mm. the easier it is to negatively define you yes so so that's, that's what they said so even like when you do drugs or you drink or you you then you're then, lowering then... your vibration you're taking your consciousness and you're basically handing it over to a two-year-old driving a car with no license <laughs> and you're giving them the opportunity to arrange and to make make your life that's what you're doing Every single time somebody lowers their vibration, that's all you're doing is handing yourself over to lower vibrational individuals, right? Whatever birds flock together, stay together. It's kind of that whole thing. I can, I would, I'm telling you right now, if I, and I've sat around many, you know, addicts, my father was a heroin addict. I get it. I understand it, all of it. But I understand my father's mental demons, his emotional demons was the fact that he had a lack of a misunderstanding. People did not understand him. He didn't even understand himself. Never mind anybody else. He didn't even understand himself, right? So what he explained to me was that heroin was the only thing that made him feel connected. That when he was on heroin, he released himself in the physical body for a period of time where it allowed him to feel that he was in control. Meanwhile, in the, in, in the reverse of it all, the inverted part of it was that he was out of control. In this world in the earthbound world, mm. understand? Yeah. But in the other world, in his realms and where he felt comfortable being in, he knew that that made him feel better. But here on earth, it was, he was making him out of control because nobody could understand the fact that he had to escape his body or escape his thoughts or escape his feelings. What do you mean? Handle your business. I can't handle the everyday mm -hmm. without this. I need this. And so when you, and, and when you, when your vibrations are low, that, Sometimes these entities can get in there like, very quickly. Yes, yes. And and like I, I swear, J Ray, I've known some people who I I can feel now they're so haunted, and they're yes. so deeply depressed, and and families are trying everything, you know, all therapies, everything. all pills, and nothing. And the only person that can do it is them. Number one, they have to recognize it. Yeah. They have to know there's something wrong. They have to know that, that what they're feeling is not okay. What they're experiencing, they, has to be, they have to hit that rock bottom kind of energy, you know, and something has to happen drastically that they're connected to on this earthbound plane that they know losing it or, or, being, or being lost is enough for them to wake up. How do they get it out of themselves, though, you know, if you've got the, that, that in you? So that deep, you know, there's a few things. Number one, when you lose faith, you don't believe in a higher power when you're the most negative and you're around that negative energy and you've, and you've lowered your vibrations so low, they make these negative energies or entities make you believe you have power. And you really don't. It's them that has the power that will make you continue to go down the line you're going. Right. And then the, the once you start to release yourself from that fear and from those negative emotions could be trauma, could be anything. You raise your vibration slowly. It can't happen overnight. It's a process. No, it's a process. The way you got down is the way you got to get back up. And I heard that um, that sometimes when you're doing the positive work, like the entities double down. They double down because, because like, they don't want you to raise your vibration. That now they have no how they're going to stay here. They can't live in this vibration for too high. 
let me tell you something, Kevin, there's only a certain amount of handful of people that could stick around me for long enough without them irritating the demons. They see, they feel like I could see right through them. Yes. And I'm genuinely not there to judge anybody. I'm not there, but they, they are know. demons are uncomfortable around me. They got to get the fuck out of my sight. Yeah. They're like, she's going to, uh, I'm the, I'm the lying meter. She knows I'm lying. She knows I'm not being honest. She knows I'm not telling the truth. What I, I didn't say a word. Sometimes Kevin, I don't even have to say a word. I could just be in a room yeah. and slowly I watch every, I, and I see it, you know, I watch the snakes get up and slither away. Yeah. Get up. Oh, I have to use the bathroom. Oh, I got a phone call. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to have a meeting to go to. They can't be around me. They don't like me. I don't give a fuck. I just know for a fact that I'm bothering them. Something in me is making my vibration is too high. They can't live around me. They can't be around me. Right. And they escape me. And then the next thing they do is they try and if I'm talking, let's say I'm friends with one person, however it is, they want to right away put a wedge between us. Get away from her. Don't talk to her. Yeah. Don't be her friend. She's bad. She's a devil worshiper. You don't understand. Oh they will do that. Oh, yeah. They will gaslight yeah. the person to no end yeah. and make them believe that, that I'm the problem. When they're really, they're the ones that's the problem. I'm going to figure that out too soon, too quickly. They're not ready. And for a lot of our listeners, you know, like that we have our heel squad and, and Annie Lamont's a writer and she, she calls people that listen to the show and her flight attendants, meaning they're the ones who just kind of dote and take care of everybody. They bring everyone yeah. the drinks and the food. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's also a hypersensitivity to, you know, dark, negative people. Mm -hmm. And and do you see that the dark and the negative people like to be around kind of the good ones so they can prey on well, it's them? It's like a moth to a flame, but it doesn't stay for long. Burns out very quickly. Ah. Usually burns out very, very quickly. The higher vibrational individual will pretty much figure out the M and most high vibrational individuals are empaths. But you also have lower vibrational individuals that are empaths as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. I've seen yeah, of course, because they live in both realms. Whereas above is still below. It's a mirror image of each other. Or I find that there's empaths, which is probably what you're saying, but they're not, they're just not they're that ego. strong. They're so in they, ego and they, oh. they tend to want to be right. Okay. See, when you're empathic, you're just picking up other people's energy and you just have to allow yourself to be the conduit. That's what an empath is. It's somebody who can pick up energy from someone else and pretty much can detect something's on, something's off, something is, something's not. They can pretty much feel that energy. And then you have claircognance, where somebody that just knows. And then you have clairvoyant, and that's just somebody who can see, can just see. Like, I can see. I can physically see energy. I have a barometer of energy that I can see. And then there's clairaudient, somebody that can hear, right? And there's a clairsentient, somebody who, 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 who just has a feeling, you know what I'm saying? And they, and they, and they just have this, this sense of knowing. So there's all these different parts of these clairs. Everyone has these different uh, modalities and different barometers of reading energy. Because that, everyone feels energy. I don't care. I, I, that's, to yes. to read energy. I mean, that's ridiculous. If anybody thinks you have to be psychic to read energy, you're out of your mind. That's why when people tell me that they're agnostic or they don't believe in any of this, it's funny because yet you get up every day and instinctively you know what you need to do. Mm. Where does those things, things come from? Right. Where did they come from? You came out of your mother's womb knowing to suck on a nipple. You knew to come out of your mother's womb and you could already sense who's your mother and who's not. Where does that come from? Right. You can't speak. You can't talk. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Your baby, where do you think those six senses came from? How could you sit here and say that something's not helping you get along in life or something's not moving you along in life? That's impossible to sit there and say that. You might not want to call them God, then don't call it God. But you can't sit here and say that that's not happening or that's not happened. That you instinctively knew not to go to work that day. Or you instinctively knew not to start your car. You instinctively knew to get your tire checked and you find out there's a nail in it. You want to tell me these things just... They, you're just smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Or you think of you think of your favorite episode of an old series, and it comes on that day. And it comes on the tape, or, or your favorite song, and it ends up being on the radio. You're going to tell me you're just smarter than everybody else, and that that has holds no value in it whatsoever, other than the fact that I just knew. Don't you're making it bigger than what it is. You know, Jay, Your life is being run by that. And Jay, you, you know what I, I've heard? I've heard from law enforcement agencies, and they never admit to this that they work with many clairvoyants to solve cold cases absolutely they have to there has to be a another level or another vibration that has to come in untouched from the situation to step back have zero emotion involved and just have the facts and even when they come to me i just know something's off no that's not what happened that night well tell me what happened this is this is what i feel happened this is what i'm getting like that would now that would make sense why they would get in the car at 505 opposed to 503 and it would make sense that they would make a u-turn on that street opposed to that we didn't couldn't understand it because they get into the subconscious mind of the individual so jerry would do you do any work to, to to help people with the subconscious because i've heard that uh and i believe this that sometimes you have to do subconscious work to to really get healing you know, where is it? Well, the subconscious mind rules our entire existence. It's not our conscious mind. It's our subconscious mind that rules our entire existence. If we don't get a handle on our subconscious, we're pretty much basically, like I said, giving keys to two-year-olds and driving the car. How? So how do, you, how do we work on the subconscious? So working on the subconscious is, again, going with your, number one, your instincts, going with your gut. You can't overthink something. When I'm working with someone, the first thing I say is, "Don't." I'm going to ask you a question, but do not overthink it. And the first thing they're like, what do you mean? I'm going to ask you a question. I want the first thought. The first thought. I don't care if you tell me you, you saw a pancake. I don't care if you said you saw a, a house. I don't care what you saw. When I say something and I prompt you, tell me what you see. Tell me what you feel. Give me a word. Give me a number. Give me a color. And they're like, and then 99% of the time, they have pretty much raise their vibration at that very moment. And I clicked into their subconscious mind immediately. And then they're like, I didn't even know I was thinking that. And, I, and then we get in a little deeper and I say, okay, the reason why you had this image 
is because of this, this, and this. They're like, I didn't realize that I, I correlate this with that. Is, so I'm going to ask you a question right now. Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. When you look at me, what color do you see? That, you're overthinking it. You're yeah. already five seconds out. I, I don't know why, like, pink, pink just came into my brain. I don't know why. And, and that's it. Just go with that. Okay. Now, what word comes to mind? What word do you think of when you look at me? Bold. That's okay, great. And what number do you see when you look at me? First number that pops in your head just now. Eight. Look at it. Eight. There you go. Okay, eight is infinity. Somebody who transmutes between two worlds, right? The infinite. So, on top of that, who do I remind you of? Don't overthink it. First person that comes to mind. I just thought of an aunt, like not a okay. specific person, but an aunt. Okay. Okay. And who is this aunt to you? I think it's an aunt I wish I had. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the energy that I come off as like an aunt. Yeah. Have you ever experienced someone like me? Go back to when you were 10. They just told me when you were 10, where were you living? Uh, uh, yes, it, it would be because that's when I was a neighborhood guy, Italian neighborhood in, Thank you. In South and Medford. who was it? Whose house did you go to that the woman looked like me? There was several. Yeah, there would be a few of them, and I can't remember specifically, but yes, there were. I don't know specifically, but that's when I would be in houses and meet people like you who were bold, but yet warm and caring and protective, but yet fierce and evolved. And yeah, and probably okay. I was too young to appreciate it. You know what I mean? Right, but, I didn't really understand it then. But I love the warmth and I love that. Right. I just, I love it and I miss it. I miss that. So what happened to you when you were 14? Where did you move? That's when we moved. Yeah, I went to move with the rich people. I just people. heard you moved. Okay, yes. so where did you move? To, to next town over, completely opposite. Okay, so culture shock. You went culture, into culture shock. shock. Very okay. wealthy, highly so educated. The moment, so the moment you, you, so you missed this. So yes. therefore, this was your protection at 10 years old. Yes. You felt protected in that yep. world, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so now 14, you feel unprotected. What is someone that feels unprotected and someone that starts to feel their, their loss of security? What's the first thing they want to do? Oh, I don't even know. Cry, cry. When they lose their sense of security and they lose their... I mean, act, I would say act out, right? Act out, right? But what yeah. do they want to do? They want to now find it. Yes, of course. So what yeah. are they going to start to do? They're going to start going into holes and walls and places they shouldn't be, correct? Yes. They're going to align themselves with the lower vibrational individuals. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And by the time they hit a certain state, they're going to go, oh, I figured it out. I found my comfy blanket with... A drug. I found a comfy blanket yes. with a person. I All found a it. comfy blanket. I got that essence back. I got that energy back. I think I do anyway, because you're going to mind fuck yourself into thinking yes. that. Right? And by the time you hit 17, 18 years old, you're going to think you've run the world. You think you figured it all out, because now you're in survival mode. Because now you think you figured it all out. So now you're smart ass. You think you know everything. <laughs> Nobody around you knows anything. Right. But they don't. They don't know what you just experienced. How could they? They don't know. No. It's not their experience. It's your experience. And by the time you hit 25, you probably find yourself in a really deep funk. Yep. And you realize, holy fucking shit, I just spent the last seven or eight years of my life fucking around. Yeah. I don't have anything of worth and value to bring back to the neighborhood. Right. So the essence of who you are was your neighborhood when you were 10. Yes. And what you've been trying to find since then is that community. Yeah. And that essence. Every Christmas I have to go back. I go to the house. I go to the church. I go to the cemetery. Right. I go to the local like, so bakery. What I would tell you all of right it. off the bat is clear that 
mourn that and experience it someplace else and create that. This is where you can create your own reality. I would stop going back to my past that does not serve me anymore. It only hurts you. It only digs a little deeper in what you don't have. It all reminds you of who you once were. That innocent 10-year-old boy who just enjoyed getting up every day and had no demons. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, we're back to this now. Mm. And you have to now then embrace that part of you and create that world, that, that comfy blanket, that sense of self, that sense of love in you. And become that for others, which then will fill the gap of what you lost without having to use anyone else in the process, mm-hmm. hurt yourself or hurt anyone else. Becoming your own mother and your own father and your own sense of security is, is the biggest part of self-mastery. It really is. And do you think for a lot of people it's, it starts in that childhood? Absolutely. It can start right before your childhood too. It could start in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. No, for me, I, it started in my mother's womb. I know that for a fact. I mean, I also know that I came out gifted, but I also know that from the time my mother was pregnant with me, she was not prepared to have me. And she was going through traumatic events. My father went to jail. There was a lot going on. She already had a baby with someone else. Her pregnancy with me was all stress. There was no, hey, I'm pregnant. Yay, look at me. You know, it was more, I'm going to have another baby with another man before I'm 19 years old. I have two men, two babies, two baby fathers, not married, and I'm not even 19 living in Staten Island, New York. What am I going to do with this in 1973? And did this make you more hypervigilant, you think? Absolutely it does. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. But then you couple it to the fact that, you know, I am I was born on my mother's birthday. I I also couple it to the fact that my father was was also a medium. My father was also gifted. My gift comes from both sides of my family, my mother's and my father's. I'm the only child of my parents. And sometimes you notice with gifts like your dad that the, their human body can't really sustain it, control the power. So that's why they, they medicate and do other things. They over medicate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 150%. I ate. See? I ate. So I packed it on for me. So energetically, I ate. That was my thing to get to be comfortable. When did you come to the understanding? You know, from you, you nailed my timeline and. Well, because they're telling me everything, but I'm also not putting on the list. Oh, no, no it's fine. I, I'm open about it. So it's like, but yeah, you nailed yeah. it and help me, by the way, you gave me great breakthroughs. Yeah. And I think I'm hoping other people hear that and they can have the breakthroughs in their own. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. Own lives. But, um... When did your awareness start? 
Were you? Because for me, it started like you said in the mid twenties. I was about twelve. Grew. My wow. parents were getting divorced. My father was. Uh, I knew something was going on. My father was indicted, and uh, there was a lot happening. And my and all of a sudden, my parents became people. You know, the secrets started coming out slowly, you know, about everything and everyone. Um, And I remember being, I always had this conversation with God. I've always talked to God since the time I was a baby. I I don't ever not knowing when I didn't talk to God. God was always in my room. He was always showing up. He was always there. Uh, I never felt alone. I could just call on God at any moment and he was there. I always felt like he was my father. My father, my earthbound father was Raymond, but my father, my, my protector, my person was God. He was, he was to me, God. I don't know anything else, but that's all I ever knew. And I remember being told as a little girl, being in my bed and scared and stuff like that. And I would just hear, go to sleep. Everything's going to be okay tomorrow, but tomorrow you're going to have a big day. Tomorrow you're going to meet this person and tomorrow this is going to happen. And it would happen. And I would tell my mom, tomorrow I'm going to meet a new friend. And tomorrow my teacher is going to be out at school and she's she's going to have a baby. And my mother's like, what are you talking about? Like, are you reading a book? What's going on with you? And then she would find out later on and she'd be spooked by it. Wow. So then she brought me over to the aunts and everybody that did the, you know. And she was like, do something with her. She's, she's like one of you, you know. And, you know, and I'd be terrified by them. I was like, I don't want to be around them. They're yeah. terrified. Yo, did they? They were into the Jonah, right? They were into the. They were into more the Santeria, Puerto Rican kind of uh, yeah. light a candle and you know and throw uh, you know coconut around the house and see what happens. Oh but did they have the power too? No. No. Wow. Gotcha. It's interesting though that your mom didn't go they the other the way. She, they gave everyone the illusion that oh, there was. Oh, interesting. This, this this power, you know what I mean? And that's darkness oh. too, right? When you, yes, it is. It's all ego. I feel like with them, like what you just said. Oof. I feel and like they're a feel dark posse. Yeah. yeah, and they were a posse boy. Let me tell you, they sit around a table and they used to use me at my energy oh. to, to pull in what they wanted. Yes. Yeah. And then I remember God saying. You're going to be fine, and it's not going to work. And it never did. Listen, you're talking about a bunch of people that sat around at one time or or women that my mother would know or they would meet and they'd be gifted. You know what I'm saying? And they were divorced seven times, had 7,000 children. They were always broke. There were always problems. There was always, there was always something traumatic happening in their lives. But you had the – I mean, you didn't get sucked into it, which I'm just so impressed by. And at what point did you – start backing away and did it bother your mom when you did um it didn't really happen until i hit my 30s oh yeah see, that makes you know, more just, sense yes yeah yeah it, because i also knew from the time i was very young this was not okay it didn't make sense i could tell you that i just knew it didn't make sense my father made more sense being on heroin than them all walking sitting around a table lighting a candle going you know what i mean wow. talking in tongues my father's heroin addiction made more sense made, to me than that wow. that makes sense that it's, made sense to me it's, because he was very clear, my father, in what he experienced and what he felt. It's interesting that he, he had the awareness to know that this is when I, you know, a lot of the addicts I know aren't aware enough to say why. They'll just say, I'm really stressed or you make my me drink. was very or, clear about why he took heroin. Very interesting. Wow. Very clear about it and was very open and very, and before he died, he died in my arms of an overdose. I was 27. He was 52. Oh. And I remember just looking at him and thinking, go, just, I'm oh. good. Yeah. You know, just go. Yeah, the demons are just, it, it was just at that point. Yeah. The man was struggling, you know, struggling. 
and I can't see people I, to see people struggle. It just it kills me. And sometimes I because I know there's another space and place for you to be. Yeah, when you, you have know? that understanding, and also I think sometimes the offspring we have, um, you know, may, whether it's better education, better experiences, mm -hmm. we can do more with the gifts. We can handle them better. Yes. And I remember my father telling me from the time I was very young, you know, just you're smarter than you give yourself credit for. You know, don't ever question what you know. You know, Jennifer Ray, he's living. you know, you know, don't let everyone tell you that you don't know. You know, you know, you know, what a gift. And every single time I would feel that restlessness of not knowing or somebody would make me feel crazy because I knew something I shouldn't have known or you're crazy. And then I would find out later on that it was true. And they tried to gaslight me into thinking it wasn't true or whatever it might be. I remember hearing, you know, don't ever question what you know, you know, you know. Wow. And and that was it. And I, I, I just stuck to that. I really did. And with your mom, how did that go? Well, my mother was, uh, you know, God bless her. She's still here, but she, okay. my mother and I have a very, you know, we have a relationship that is, that ha is, is grown up in my world, but my mom, she stopped growing at 16 or 17 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, once she, you know, her, her mentality her expansion couldn't kind of get past the traumas and what it was to race around and be in survival mode, you know, uh, at 16, 17, trying to be a mother to two children and trying to do a lot of things and impress the adults around her that she was an adult too. You know, and it and it became, you know, obviously later on, she, you know, the narcissism kind of just kicked in in overdrive. And I had to deal with a lot of her immature ways of, of dealing with things. And so I pretty much had to raise myself a lot of times and had to figure out ways of getting through it. But then again, not afraid. I wasn't afraid. If anything, the less my mother told me, the better off I was, I was. You know, because I knew who was, I knew God was, was guiding me, if that makes any sense. But how do you, just, and how do you deal, how did you deal with her in your later adult years? Because I, I feel that's a familiar story too, where a parent yes. really is 16 or 17 forever, even well, though I they. I come to that realization. First, right. Okay. I was expecting her to step up and be the mother on television that everyone thought it, that, that, that right. they should have, right? Yep. The cookie bacon, you know, PTA mom that was just going to be there no matter what. I knew I couldn't have that with her. It was impossible. I knew that she was just 16 and that I just, I had to let the idea of the mother I wanted go. I had to mourn that first and stop being angry about it okay. and stop being mad at it because she just didn't have the ability. You understand? She just genuinely couldn't do it. She just couldn't do it. It's like asking a cat to bark like a dog. It just can't happen. It's just not possible. So the first thing so is let, yeah. let go, accept it and let, let go. The, let go and look at the person for who they are. Right. Like just say, you know what? You're my mom. I love you because you're my mom and you 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 did the best you could with what you had. You had very limiting tools. You know, my great my grandmother Besita wasn't so great either. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And my great grandmother Tita, she did the best she could. I guess the lineage of these women were so uh, hurt mm. and they've all been left by their husbands. They've all been scorned by men. They all, you know, were in survival mode. They all did things that they shouldn't have done and treated their children the way they shouldn't have. It, it, it was, a, it was a long lineage of craziness mm -hmm. that I could see as a very young girl was not okay. Wow. Was and, not okay. And would you, so I, I came to peace with my mother and, and, but my mother never, my mother hasn't come to peace with herself. And because my mother hasn't come to peace with herself, 
it's causing it causes the relationship to 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 be hard to deal with because my mother can't forgive herself i forgive my mother but my mother can't forgive herself so it becomes difficult yeah the relationship so how do you handle that you know, you I handle have... it by, by giving her enough time or myself enough time on the phone and we talk a little bit. And I check in with her and see how she's doing and things like that. I went to see her the, month, the week before Mother's Day. But my mother really doesn't know how to love me. She really doesn't. She doesn't know mm-hmm. how to be loving towards me. My mother shows me no affection. Mm-hmm. My mother will say she's proud of me, but it's just because it's the right thing to say, yeah. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm, but 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 yet understands that what I'm doing is important. And she'll make, she'll say things like, you've always been this beautiful. You've always been this Mm. gifted. You know, you've always been somebody who knows. You've always been my guiding light. Like she'll say things, but it will happen more in a, the, uh, a by the way conversation. It's never a a in your face, one-on-one honest conversation. So I've I've learned to just accept what she can do yeah. and love that mm-hmm. and use that and become my own mother and become a better mother than what my mother is. I have three beautiful children. I'm blessed, you yeah. know? But I also know that I can only do what I can do. And children have their own emotions. They have their own perceptions. Yeah. They have their own karma that they come in with. Children come in with their own set of rules, you know, and yes. their own things they have to experience. Yep. And, so. and I think, you know, you can choose to to hang on to the negative things about her or the positive things, because what I'm hearing, I know a lot of kids probably would love their parent to say, you've always been the smart one. You've always been the because right. I know a lot of kids who don't hear that ever. Right. They may hear it on their deathbed. And and right. then they're as a first time mom with a baby. I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Shock. Like, wait, that's what you thought of me? I thought you thought I was... So that's kind of cool that you, you know what I mean? You have that. I just embrace, you just embrace what they can tell you, what they can say. And whatever she does say negatively, I just, again, it's the 60 year old talking. And if I think about a 47 year old having a fight with a 60 year old, it looks dumb, doesn't it? It does. Yes. Okay. Well, that's how I look at it. Yeah. I'm not going to have this argument with a 60 year old. And I also, and I also think that the, the uh, journey you're on is, is so much more evolved that you have to be empathetic that. I would say a civilian, but a you know yes. for a regular person. You have to look at the situation for right. what it really is. And I, like I look at her, a sixty-year-old girl who's terrified and scared. Who now she sees her daughter, who she gave birth to, have a more productive life, happier life yeah. than what she's ever allowed herself to have. Because my mother put herself in the hands of men. My mother had a had an idea or a mindset that if I give my life over to a man or I have a man in my life, it's going to complete my life. 
I'm going to have an amazing life as long as I have a boyfriend or as long as I have a man in my life, which a lot of women do. They put a lot of emphasis on another person making them happy. Yeah. My mother did that. She had three husbands, none of them as which were happy as individuals. My father had a heroin addiction. Of my brother's father was young and dumb and full of calm. And my her other husband has no ability to discern between left and right. I mean, you're giving your all, you're handing your own self over to individuals that can't even take care of themselves. Why would you think they're gonna take care of you? Do you see that as a problem with a lot of people though? In yes. general, we hand We're over. We're all looking for someone else to make us happy instead of finding what makes us happy with ourselves. We don't know how to make ourselves happy. We always, and nothing too is, I'm so sick and tired of women blaming men for not being happy. It's not a man's job to make you fucking happy. Like, I don't understand what the fucking problem is to understanding this. Yeah. And it's not women's job to make men happy. Right. It goes both ways. Yes. But you know who we're leaving out in the world lately? Kevin, and I'm noticing this more and more until we're getting to me. We're leaving out the wounded men. We're also focused on the wounded women. The wounded healers are men too. Men go through shit too. Men are molested. Men are beaten up by their mothers and fathers. Men are not cared for and have no sense of security themselves. There's no one to talk about the men. And everybody wants to give the men all this power of having to create families, protect families, secure families, secure the home, secure the woman, secure the house. There's a lot of energy towards someone or giving someone a lot of a, a lot of responsibility that really don't know how to do that yet because they haven't been taught from the right teachers because the teachers they've had have failed. The system hasn't failed them. Their parents failed them. Yes. I am so sick and tired of saying the system failed them. The system did not fail them. No. Parents, Parents failed the children. Yes. Yep. And the story, whether we want to hear that or not, that is That's the fucking right. truth. And it's, by the way, it's the generation above us, and it's our generation. Jay it's Ray, our generation that, that has this. to know I mean, that. Everyone who complains know. about the millennials and Gen Z, I'm like, I'm sorry. They didn't sorry. just end up like this. You parents did right. it. And I still, exactly. I'm, I'm still dealing because with parents. For some reason, some reason parents seem to think because it does take a village to raise a child. Yes. But you're my mother and you're my father. You're giving me to the village. It's not the village's job. Right. To raise me. It's your job. That's where as parents, even now, we have to invoke that into our children now. It we are their parents. It's so funny. It is our job. Jerry, I'm probably going to get in trouble. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm a former teacher and my mom was a teacher. Okay. So, and my grandmother was a teacher too. So, so I get it. No, no. So I will tell you that, listen, I want teachers to go back into schools and teach. Like, okay. So, but at the same time, they're paid very little. And I know when I was doing it 20 years ago, the older teachers would say, you know, it's not fun anymore. 90% of the job is now discipline. It is. And 10% is academics. Academics. And where does that come from? The parents who go, teacher, you take the problem. So I've kind of, and this is terrible to say, but for certain parents who now have to deal with their little monsters during the, the pandemic. During pandemic, I said, oh boy, I guess mommy's going to have to wake up and actually do a fucking job. <laughs> I'm sure daddy now all of a sudden has to get up and do his fucking job. Yeah. Isn't it fucking amazing? Yeah. Let me tell you something, Kevin. I was the neighborhood mother that took in all my kids. I had three kids. They were all back to back. Everybody ate at my house. Everyone slept at my house. And sometimes I wouldn't even hear from these parents. Where's my kid? They're sleeping over. I never even met you. You're letting your kids sleep at my house. I've never met you. Wow. I've never met you. 
And the first thing I look at my daughter and say, see that girl over there? She's going to become a problem in about two or three years because nobody cares about her. Mm. Nobody cares about her. Her sense of security between seven and 10 is being erased. Her mother didn't ask, does she have lunch for the next day? Does she have a lunchbox? Because my daughter goes to school with a lunchbox. I had to pull one out of my ass with no money. I had to go to CVS, get a lunchbox. Mm. Kid can't go to school without a lunchbox. How can I send this kid to school with my daughter having a lunchbox? This kid don't have a lunchbox. So this is the lower end, right? So Jerry, yes. I, because I, you know, where the business I work in, I deal with that, those yes, kids. But also I deal with the kids who had the opposite. So everything's given to them. Everything. And which is also a, a child who's loved way too much can also be an issue. It goes both ways, right? So it, it could become, but there's a balance. Yeah. There's a balance of everything, right? So for instance, every week I give $100 a week to this Forsta, this girl who's a coach, and she deals with all the Forsta teenagers that age out at 18. God bless and she her. Coaches them. So I give her $100 a week and she makes J-Ray bags. You know why she has to make J-Ray bags? Do you want to know the sad, do you want to hear the saddest thing in the world? So girls can have feminine products like a maxi pad mm-hmm. or a tampon mm-hmm. or just things that these kids take for granted. These girls don't have access to these things like pampering when you have a cramp, maybe a little lip gloss, maybe deodorant for your armpits. I mean, they don't have access to these things because they're not given them in these forced to care homes. They're not given them. This money's not going to the kids. Do you have this person's name? And I would love to share it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'll ask her. I don't want yeah, to put please. her on the list. But no, she's, no. Right here, she's right here in Polk County, but she literally came to me. She's a big fan of mine, and she came to me. She's like, Jerry, I would love to do something, and I know you're so warm-hearted, but I had done something for Christmas. I said, tell me where the foster kids are that need uh, uh, the foster, more the foster teenagers than the kids. I go yes, with more right. The foster teenagers to me are the most important because they're the ones who are about to age out with no they money. They age out, right. And a lot of people with don't no want them, I was told. When and I, nobody yeah. wants them, right? So they have to go out on their own. Oh. You know what else I did? I had to go out and I bought black belts for the boys because the boys were getting, the foster kids were getting sent home because the uniform was not intact. So because they didn't have black belts to hold their pants up, they were being sent home. And being sent home to houses that won't let them in until it's school time is over because they're only paid to take care of them from when school's over to when they go to school in the morning. So the foster parents say, sorry, you can't come into my house. Now, I'm not saying all foster parents no, do that. I'm just giving you what the 411 is. This is the reality. We're failing our children. Yes. We're failing them. And again, and on, on both them. ends, on both ends, you know, so that's the, the lowest end of it. And like the highest end is just is giving them too much and I, I i was someone told me made a good point she's like you know one person i work with who's a lot like you and she said you can never give too much love what it really is is just you're giving them too much pleasure and taking away pleasure. all the pain right. to everything is just they don't feel anything because yes. they just, just it's just taking care of. listen i started to become that parent with my with my daughter and i, I had to literally put myself in check I had to put myself in check because yeah. I didn't want her to be, be uncomfortable like I was uncomfortable. Then I went, well, Jesus Christ, I'm not such a bad goddamn person. Maybe me being uncomfortable made me who I am. Right. And is that, Jerry, is that our, our egos getting in the way where we are like, I don't is. want you because to have the pain I have. Like. Yeah. yeah. We don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. We don't want anyone to feel that sense of hurt and pain. Right. That's just our natural. We're just empaths and we're just naturally compassionate people. 
But where does it roll over from being compassion to stepping into their karma? I don't want to fuck up with nobody. I don't want to step into anybody's karma. God got lessons for everybody. And there's times as, a, as someone like myself, who is a spiritual healer and teacher, I've had to learn when to step back and be like, you know what? You're going to have to experience this negative experience because unless you do, you're never going to learn it. And if you never learn it, you're going to keep repeating it. And therefore, I'm involved in it. And if I keep you know, making it easy and keep making it a feather bed under your problem, then I'm also going to get the karma for that because I'm interrupting the lesson. You're a teacher, you understand? Yes. Someone interrupts the lesson. What's the first thing you do? You throw them to the back of the room and get back at the end of the line and do it again. Mm-hmm. What do you think energy is? It's the same concept. So I think a lot of it's, this is great to hear for a lot of coaches and caretakers who I'm guilty of this, who I, now that you put it this way, where you really can sometimes step into someone's karma and interrupt lessons for them that they lessons need to go through. An experience. Yeah. You can hold space for them while they're going through it, meaning, listen, I'm here, and when you're done yeah. going over that rocky water and growing down that mountain, you know, I'll be here, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to experience that because you're not learning it any other way. I can talk to you to your blue in the face. You're not learning the lesson. Right. You're not learning it. You're going to have to physically feel it. We're on earth. This is earth. This is a school of life, right? This is where people have to feel in order to heal or feel in order to understand. One of my mentors said to me once, I write to your hand cramps. And when your hand cramps, that's when the universe hears you because you only learn through pain. Yes. We talk about it's the only all... way we learn. Yeah, right. I think the highly evolved person. it's the truth. But people say, oh, yeah. you can learn through love too. Love after you learn from the pain. Yeah, then you no. go and learn from love. Yeah, th- there's a saying that you only learn from the lessons you pay for, and you pay for either financially or you pay with pain, which I guess the, the right, exactly. You, either yeah. which way you're going to pay. You yeah. have to pay. But you have to experience it anyway. Okay, Kelsey. How much do we love Jay Ray? I love her so much. Um, so much. Is I'm going to start listening to, um, I know she does her quilt. Um, the and which is amazing because we had Ashley on who is the founder of Quilt. Mm-hmm. And I always get the notifications that Jay Ray does her little sessions on there. But I'm gonna I want to start joining some I think, of them. I think it's good because you can learn from other people's journeys. Exactly what she's offering other people. Yeah. Um. She's anyway, phenomenal. you guys, part two is gonna be even better. What? 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 And what? if you sign up for Patreon, you get to hear Jay Ray oh. giving Kevin a little bit of um. <gasps> His yeah. someone from Kevin's life comes comes, comes through. Yes, gangsters and, their way into our little interview. Yeah, so kind of interesting for all you Patreon members who get the weekly bonus episodes. It's gonna be a good one. And until then, what? Oh my gosh! Until then, you guys, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Booyah. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. 
So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.